Andrea Fox here, the host of the Age of Plastic podcast, your favourite, hopefully, environmental podcast with me just going, but climate change. I'm wishing you an early Merry Christmas. This is the final episode of this series. Oh man, have I got some cool stuff for you in 2021. Um, I'll tell you more about that at the end of today's episode. Big shout out to someone who said they're a bit of a fan of the podcast, uh, Catherine Verdon. Hello. She's a sailor, apparently sees loads of plastic in the ocean. Boo. Uh, your sister told me that you listen, so if anyone else would enjoy a little shout out on the podcast, uh, just let me know by dropping us a review on Apple Podcasts, letting us know what you think of the podcast, or just sharing that you enjoy this podcast on social media and tagging us in them as well. I'm going to collect them for the new year. All the handles for all our social media in the show notes. Also on today's episode, I'm going to have some Christmas tips. Yeah might be a little bit late you might also think some of my christmas tips make me a massive scrooge gonna share them anyway also some of the little snippets from interviews that didn't quite make the full episodes and some brand new stuff including dj and producer adamski uh, famous for his brilliant tune with seal called killer more on that in just a second but first though someone that i thought i'd like to share a little bit more of my conversation with was this year's sponsor treedom now you might have heard me saying in the promos that i got my brother this for christmas absolutely 100% true he's got a mango tree in Kenya you can basically look at where it is it's going to be photographed and geolocated and that tree will have its own online page that you can follow like a Tamagotchi but better because it's real and I think this is important because 12 months on from Gloucester County Council they pledged a year ago to plant a million trees do you know how many they planted zero and they actually cut down 2,000 so I think some accountability and logging definitely needed. Treedom does exactly that on the other hand. Uh, they work with local farmers, they plant things that are native, useful, and they work to end issues like gender inequality and hunger in the communities that they work in. Currently working with 25 co-op farmers in 17 countries, and your money goes towards paying those farmers from looking after the tree when it's a seedling until that thing is actually a useful, viable business for them. Now, the idea for Treedom came from two things, which I'm going to let the founder, Federico Garcia, tell you all about. And I think the second one might surprise you. Regarding the origin of Treedom, I was working in a, in a project in Cameroon. It was um, a sustainable project to bring electricity in isolated areas by working with biofuels. But actually, we recognised that there was a huge problem related to deforestation. So me and my colleague, we, we were thinking to create a project where we can pay farmers to plant trees instead of cutting trees. So it's the first thought. The second one is that I was playing Farmville, the famous uh, social game in Facebook. I have a fling with a girl uh, competing to have the better farm. And uh, I often use my credit card to plant virtual trees. So my colleague close to me, he make fun of me. He will never conquer her by having a, a good farm on Farmville. Uh, but at that period, there was millions and millions of people paying to plant virtual trees on Farmville. So we were thinking, uh, if we plant real trees, they are willing to pay to do that. And so a few days after we, we have created Treedom, putting together these two ideas. You weren't expecting Farmville, were you? Brilliant. That is the founder of our sponsor this season, Treedom, Federico Garcia. Big thank you to him for sponsoring this. And you've still got time to use a special code 
to get yourself a tree and gift it to someone before the 31st of December. All the details are in the show notes. Now, having a little look back at some little snippets of the conversation that I couldn't fit in from this series guests. There wasn't that many, to be fair. You had most of it all, I have to say. But one of my brilliant guests uh, this series was the anti-racism and climate justice activist who is also in medical training, Michaela Loach. Shortly after we spoke to her for the Age of Plastic podcast, she was named one of the BBC Women's Hour's Top Power Women, a list of 30 amazing women working to make the planet a better place absolutely smashing it isn't she now when we spoke to her for the episode called how we can all be activists we had a really interesting conversation about the intersection between climate change and race i would say one of the most sustainable activities you can do to help the world and the planet one of the most ethical things you can do is do like anti-racism work yourself like read an anti-racism book because you'll be able to unpack a lot of those behaviors and and you'll go into whatever sustainability you work doing without causing less harm to people because you'll be able to be aware of like the unconscious biases and the like things that all of us will in, have internalized because we live in a racist system and therefore we're going to kind of exhibit that and put that out into the world in some way um yeah and so i would challenge people on that as well it's, it's challenging like like kind of addressing your privilege working with privilege, it's challenging for everyone like i found it challenging in the ways like yeah i'm a i'm a black woman but i'm also lighter skinned i'm also straight sized i'm also like i don't have a physical disability like I have privilege, I'm cisgendered, I have privilege in so many different ways. And I know that even in myself, it's dressing your privilege can be tough, but like, we've got to mm. do it. I really love chatting to Michaela. And she also has her own Yikes podcast. Uh, do subscribe to that if you haven't already. I asked her to share as well a brilliant example from her podcast of when good intentions go wrong. And it's basically a great example of how good intentions in environmental terms just aren't good enough. Basically, there was a thing called the play pump. And so it was a water pump that to be put into communities in sub-Saharan Africa that didn't have like access to clean water. And what it was, was it was a, I can't ever remember what they're called, but you know those things you push on when you're a kid and it swings around and it's like a... Oh, yeah, yeah. Like it's, a merry-go-round thing. I know what's... Yes, yeah, yeah. It's was, it was like one of those... Play park. A play park, yeah, 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 yeah. It was like a play park thing. And it was meant to be that you push it around, like the kids would push it around and play on it, and it also pump water. So it'd be like making it fun and like accessible, like, and like this really like jazzy thing, but also would be a water pump. And celebrities like funneled millions and millions into this project. And like they installed all these play pumps in these um, communities, but then they didn't actually ask any of the communities before they did it, like whether they wanted these play pumps. They didn't test them on the communities and ask their opinions on these things. And then it turned out that like, basically the, the, the fun of those kind of things in the playground is that they swing around really fast and you can like push and it will be around. But because these are pumping water, they were so slow and hard to push. They ended up being that like kids didn't want to play on it. Kids would like charge their friends or other people in, to, in order to push it around. Or it would be the old ladies in the villages that would be the ones pushing it around because it was like harder to push. It wasn't, it was actually, and it was less efficient than just a normal pump. And yeah. in these communities, they were reported back that they would just way prefer a normal pump that's easier to use. And, they, and the amount of um, play pumps they put in, they could have put in loads of water pumps in more areas. And so that's a, a, a situation where I feel like people were going in, not asking people like what they actually wanted. And instead mm. being like, because I have all this power, this influence, this money, this education or whatever, I know best what's best for that community. Um mm-hmm. And it's just like a really good example of where these where these things can go wrong and how if these people had instead checked themselves and been like, actually, I'm not part of that community. I don't know. I should mm. actually ask the people who we're trying to give help to. Then that would like help 
so much more. I just feel like it's a really good example of like good, good intentions going very wrong. It's like people are like, oh, but they have good intentions, so it's fine. I'm like, good intentions. Yes, we heard that so much with yeah. Stacey Dooley. Yeah, exactly. But but actually, like, good intentions aren't enough. Like, there have been so many things that have been done throughout history that people could have claimed quote unquote good intentions, but like that doesn't make it okay. Like. I feel like that I need to we just really need to move away from that because even within that it's like that means that you're prioritizing like the, for example with the Stacey Dooley thing like that'd be prioritizing Stacey Dooley's feelings over the feelings of like people who are marginalized and like harmed by that behavior and it's like mm. who should we be advocating for and protecting or like amplifying their voice and I think that like there's so much that we could yeah, that we need to unpack around that. And unpacking mm. that also means unpacking our own egos of like, we know what's best. Yeah, let's all not do that in environmental terms, right? Someone else I spoke to recently um, was the IET, that's the Institution of Engineering and Technology, to give it its full title. I spoke to the green energy systems expert, Olivia Carpenter Lomax, all about some research that they conducted and basically their five tips for being more green in 2021. And the number one thing that we can do is basically shout about the fact that we want green sustainable options from the businesses and companies that we give our money to. One of the most beneficial things that we can do as a society is to make green choices just much more accessible, cheaper, more convenient and, and more desirable. Um, yeah. And actually, in the end, it should be um, much more convenient and desirable to make the green choices than, than to make the other choices. And then you almost have to go out of your way to, to not be green. Yeah, definitely. I, I completely agree with that. We need to get more transparency. Would you say that's the right phrase? So things are just easier and simpler for people to make decisions and to know that it's not companies greenwashing. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think transparency is exactly the right word, um, because at the moment they can they can talk about or, or anyone can talk about sustainable options. Um, but uh, yes, we need a, a much better way of understanding what that actually means. And plastics are a really good example because actually there are lots of fantastic aspects of, about plastics. Um, it's, it's, a fun, it's a great material if it's applied to the right thing. But we know that if it's applied to single use mm. um, applications and the, the material itself lasts many years and, and can be really damaging, then it's, it's kind of, you know, it's, there, there are very negative sides to it as well. So it's just understanding and balancing that. Yeah, completely. You're singing from the Age of Plastic podcast hymn book there. I always ask our <laughs> guests for their favourite plastic item because it's a good material. We're just using it the wrong way. We're not called the I Hate Plastic podcast at all. Um, <laughs> you are, of course, a, you're a green energy systems expert. So tell us about how green tech is really going to help us in achieving this net zero carbon goal. That's a fantastic question. And, and I think I'll answer from, from the point of view of, of the green energy system, um, because that's what I know most. Hopefully, we're all quite familiar with the idea of renewable energy, um, wind power and solar power. The challenge of adopting that more and more into, into the network, um, into the energy system, which means that more and more of our energy can be powered by those renewable sources, is actually a huge challenge. But being able to manage energy in a completely different way, using things like um, connectivity, um, communications and engaging the individual. So if you have an electric vehicle... It could be paired with a smart charger. I'm not sure okay. if, if how many people will know that, but that what? smart charger could 
um, communicate with the wider energy system and understand when is the greenest time to charge and um, when is the best time to charge to to support the wider energy system. So that's that's the way in which through technology, um, an individual can really support the wider goals of adopting more renewable electricity. Okay, so is that what smart charging means? It would be um, some sort of visual way of knowing when electricity is cheaper, but slightly easier to use than the night storage heaters I used to have in my student flat. <laughs> yes, uh, I think the the ideal really is that you'll click a bu- button one day saying, I care about the environment um, and it will all be managed for you. Um, and, and you won't have to become a green energy expert in order to use it. How green is our energy? Like how certain can consumers be that when they sign up to a green energy provider, what they're getting is actually green? It's, that's a, a really good question. And I'm sure that that comes from the point of view that uh, electricity uh, can't be traced. It's, mm. it's not as if you can, um, you can direct the energy from a wind farm directly to your house. That's, that's not how electricity works. Mm. Um, so really the energy that you're getting effectively reflects what's on the grid. So if they happen to be running um, a, a coal-fired power station, then a small proportion of what you get will technically be from that. The way I look at it is that um, you are paying for your electricity. So there's a question about where you want that money to go. And if you're paying for a green tariff, the energy company has to uh, support that much green energy being on the system. So your money is going to support at least the amount of green energy that covers your your usage, if that makes sense. That's Olivia Carpenter-Lomax from the IET, the Institution of Engineering and Technology that I spoke to recently. Now on to a topic that we never really cover that much on the age of plastic. In my day job, I've mentioned it a couple of times, I'm a radio presenter, I do voiceovers for ITV, I work for a radio station called Atmosphere and another one called MKFM, and frankly, if you give me money, I will talk for you. That's my day job. Now I got to speak to Adamski, who is the DJ and producer, who had a massive hit with Seal called Killer. You probably know it, you're humming it now. About 30 years ago. Now he is a really interesting character. I was supposed to be chatting to him, right, about this 30th anniversary album and single that you put out. Uh, But we basically ended up chatting about veganism. He lives in Vienna now with his partner and his dog Jupiter. And he's not only a big fan of Earthling Ed, he also loves a bit of vegan ice cream and pea protein. Ben and Jerry's even do about four flavours that are vegan. Yeah. I don't miss milk. It's the way things are going. Yeah. Yeah. I don't miss meat at all, at all. Mm. I'm really, I'm in, I'm in food for the condiments. (laughs) Just whatever. It was always just a vehicle for other stuff. (laughs) Meat unseasoned and raw is pretty disgusting i don't think that i think people ate meat ten thousand years ago out of absolute necessity yeah but we've evolved we don't need that it's all all that thing about protein and nutrients that's actually just brainwashing from those industries because it's you get more protein and stuff in peas warm yeah peas it's pea protein is delicious <laughs> like they make these meaty kind of things you know i'm i don't have to have like a meat substitute but it yeah. is really tasty this stuff and the good texture and 
that that we discovered in another vegan joint in Vienna, and even Paris where they have Love steak. Food, yeah, but the French will eat like butter. nose to tail; they'll eat everything. Whereas we, yeah, yes. the Brits, just don't do that, do we? We're like, I'll have the chicken breast no. and throw but, the rest but away. They've got like loads of vegan restaurants, mm. really popular. So it's it's really growing, thankfully. Hopefully, yeah. in time, so that we're the whole human race isn't wiped out because the main the main reason for the destruction of the rainforest is for grazing yeah. cattle and growing soya beans to feed them. Yeah. Uh, and the reason and we've got COVID-19 is because of the same reason of deforestation yeah. and moving into the areas where the wild animals are. And Yeah. And people go, oh, it's because Chinese eat bats. That's kind of racist. And like, yeah. so what's the difference between eating a bat or a... What's those things that quails, you know, people mm. fry those little birds that just for the sake of being kind of nasty, I think, because what's the point of what you can, and what's the difference between a bat and a quail? And then all these things like SARS and uh, yeah. bird flu, swine yeah. flu, Zika, I maybe, think, even maybe as the, well. The, the clue Mud. is in the name that <laughs> they came, mad cow <laughs> yeah. disease. I mean, like, yeah. So, but I mean, we're not even doing it for health reasons. We're doing it because we love animals. Mm. Then I would, it three and a half years ago, have gone and eaten a lamb, mm. which, sorry, Jupiter, might look even cuter than Jupiter. <laughs> He's an opinionated man with a very colourful goatee, a damsky, chatting to me about his veganism and his dog Jupiter. I also only learnt recently, at my ripe old age, that tuberculosis is a disease that came from cows and I think the flu came from chickens. Apparently once we stopped being like a nomad species, just wandering around eating berries or whatever we were doing, once we started, you know, staying in one place and deciding to farm cattle, that's when we started to obviously spend a bit more time with them and, you know, diseases crossed over. Just FYI, I only learnt that this year. Okay, on to Christmas time, bring in the jingle bells. Okay, um, I think you're probably going to think that I'm a massive Scrooge, but if you want some Christmas tips from me on how to shop this year, I have to say, surprises are out. Loads of you will think that you disagree with me on this, but frankly, I just think, ask people what they want. It's too harmful to your own wallet and the planet to gift, like, something that you think they might like that might just, like, spend the rest of its life in a drawer and then be thrown away. If you've got a massive family, maybe this is the year to just buy for kids or do a round robin with your family so everyone gets one thing they actually want and that's it. No plastic tat. If you do have to have standby gifts, make it something that's food-based and if you can, if possible, shop small and independent this year. I've tried to do that even with my Christmas cards. I always get charity ones as well. If you are a lover of jewellery like I am, I recommend the sustainable brand Catch Reese if you're after some items that are going to last forever. Fragrance-wise, check out sustainable brand Floral Street. You can get uh, lovely fragrances in recyclable packaging with soy-based inks. They are a vegan brand. Everything is recyclable. The fragrance comes from about £24. Or you could go for the big bucks like Lalabo, I think it is. They do unisex personalised glass bottles, which you can then refill. Uh, so if you're after fragrance this year, check that out. 
For the female gym bunny in your life, haha, <laughs> moi, I'm sitting wearing a pair of Tala leggings right now. They're a sustainable athleisure brand. I mean, ASOS's profits have gone through the roof, even though we've all been at home. Apparently, we're all buying loungewear. Boohoo, also their profits have gone up, but they mainly sell clothes to go out, so I don't really know how that's happened. Uh, Tala are a brilliant sustainable brand. Their stuff is really great quality. Check them out. If you are also after clothes, Birdsong are a brilliant brand even. We've spoken to Sophie here on the podcast before. Uh, Also, Community Clothing. If you enjoy The Sewing Bee with Patrick Grant, that is his brand, based in Leicester. Uh, Another brilliant sustainable brand with great staples. I always think it's good as well to gift tickets and experiences. I've dropped so many hints about wanting Catherine Ryan tickets for next year if I do not get to see my favourite comedian. That's it. No presents for anyone next year. Loads of people are announcing gigs. Yes, they may not happen and they may get pushed back a little bit, but I just think we really need to support the events industry in what's been a horrible year. I know friends who work in comedy. I've worked in music radio my whole career. I just really feel for everyone that is connected to events right now. Someone else that we've had on the podcast, another little festive idea, is the Cookery School on Little Portland Street. This is a zero-waste, pretty much plastic-free kitchen. They've managed to find ways around all of the plastic that might come in through their doors and found ways to not waste anything. They've been doing online courses. So for the foodie in your life, why not think about getting them an online course if we're not allowed to actually be in the same kitchen with each other? Again, all of the links will be in the show notes. For fickle kids, we heard from them already. Whirly, the little munchkins will probably want to play with the box more than the toy, so why not get them a second-hand one that comes beautifully cleaned and arrived? Toy subscription uh, from Whirly. You can find out more on the episode with Nigel Fan, the founder. And a brilliant website to check as well, of course, Buy Me Once. We spoke to them a few series back now. They stock everything from shoes to winter coats to kitchenware that basically it's built to last. Or if it doesn't last, the company... Or the maker will take it back and they'll repair it for you or replace it. Like even an umbrella. Which, I mean, I don't know about you, but a bit like gift bags. You're only ever looking after an umbrella until you lose it when it becomes someone else's umbrella. Gift bags you never really own either. You're just looking after it until you gift it to someone else. It's basically like a John Lewis department store if it was for stuff that never runs out. So buy me once is another good place to check. And finally, our sponsor for this series of the Age of Plastic podcast, Treedom. The person who has everything, like my brother who just says, I don't need anything, just get me some plastic tat for the cat. As if, as if, um, you can plant trees in the best way possible, reduce CO2 in the atmosphere. Um, and a 2019 study said that planting trees, more than a trillion of them, would capture about two-thirds of the carbon emissions that humans produce. So it's definitely one of the ways that we can curb climate change it's sort of taken inspiration i think from oxfam's gifts that give back okay so i hope that's very vaguely useful if you're like andrea a massive scrooge please do get in touch the contact details will be in the show notes looking ahead to next year see you later 2020 Ugh. once we've waved goodbye to the absolute cesspit that is 2020 i listened to your comments in the socials thank you for letting me know what you wanted to hear about because we are going to be talking of finance in 2021. I'm speaking to a guest about whether we can actually have a green bank. Also hear from the only person on the planet whose job it is to save tomorrow from the actions of today. And find out why what you watch on telly is becoming more sustainable. Until then, honestly, from the heart of my bottom and also my heart, 
Thank you for listening. Merry Christmas to you and yours. Have a happy new year as much as you can. Let's chat again in 2021 when Have You Had Yours Yet won't refer to Weetabix but vaccines. <laughs> <laughs>